Summer is here, and we're as busy as ever at the DSR Network. Our podcast schedule has expanded to include the DSR Daily Brief, DSR Foreign Policy, DSR Politics, the DSR Spy Show, Words Matter, Foreign Office with Michael Weiss, Next in Foreign Policy, and The Secret Life of Cookies. To celebrate our expansion, we're bringing you this special offer. Through the month of June, membership is 50% off. Members receive an ad-free listening experience, bonus content across all of our podcasts, an evening newsletter, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, and more. To take advantage of this offer, visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code DSRexpands, all one word. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code DSRexpands. Thank you for your support. It's June 20th, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Chris Cottonore. The DSR Daily Brief has been on hiatus since June 6th. I was involved in a cycling accident that required a brief stay in the hospital and surgery to repair my collarbone. I also broke my scapula and five ribs. I'm on the road to recovery and back to delivering the morning news. Now on with the show. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. Reuters reports that Russia attacked military and infrastructure targets across Ukraine early on Tuesday, including the capital Kyiv, Ukrainian officials said. Ukraine said it had shot down 32 of 35 Iranian-made Shahed drones launched from Russia's Bryansk region and the Azov Sea. There was no mention of any casualties in the overnight airstrikes, the latest carried out by Moscow since Kyiv began a counteroffensive in which it says it has recaptured 113 square kilometers of land from Russian forces. The Air Force said on the Telegram messaging app that air defenses had been in action in most regions of Ukraine. However, the main direction of attack by Iranian drones was the Kyiv region. More than two dozen Shahids were destroyed here, it said. According to Axios, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken told reporters on Monday that he had a robust conversation with Chinese President Xi Jinping in a meeting that capped off a two-day visit to Beijing to stabilize strained ties between the two superpowers. Though fundamental disagreements remain, the consensus on Monday between Blinken, Xi, and other Chinese officials to continue high-level discussions going forward is a crucial step toward ensuring that tensions between the two superpowers do not escalate into conflict. Blinken is the first U.S. Secretary of State to visit China in five years and the most senior Biden administration official to make such a trip. During the visit, Blinken also met with other senior Chinese officials, including Chinese Foreign Minister Qing Gong and Chinese top diplomat Wang Yi. In a Monday press briefing with reporters in Beijing, Blinken said Ken agreed to visit Washington, D.C. at a suitable time. But Blinken said that China did not agree to set up a crisis military-to-military communications channel, which was one of the biggest hopes for the U.S. visit. French news outlet Le Monde reports that defending the prospect of Ukrainian membership of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization as a means of influencing the conflict 
and bringing Moscow and Kyiv to the negotiating table is the approach now favored by France in the delicate discussions between Ukraine's allies in the run-up to the annual NATO summit. According to Le Mans information, a Defense Council meeting on June 12th explored the possibility of Ukraine joining the EU, an option now considered by Paris to be a security guarantee in its own right, since it could discourage Russia from continuing the war or, should the conflict come to an end, prevent any further aggression. The prospect could in fact convince Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky to enter into negotiations when he deems the time is right, depending on the results of the counteroffensive. The NATO summit is scheduled to take place on July 11th through July 12th in Lithuania. Elsewhere, according to Political Europe, the EU on Tuesday will reveal plans to prevent European companies from making sensitive technologies such as supercomputers, artificial intelligence, and advanced microchips in countries like China. The European Economic Security Strategy, to be unveiled by Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, will outline plans for Brussels to intervene more in how European companies invest in trade in countries around the world. EU heads of government and state are expected to discuss the proposals in the 14-page strategy paper obtained by Politico's Brussels Playbook at their June 29th through 30th summit. The document avoids any specific mention of China, but it's clear that Beijing, along with Russia, are the top targets. The paper refers to the risk of over-reliance on a single country, especially one with systemically divergent values, models, and interests. Time reports that on Thursday, U.S. President Joe Biden will meet India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi on an official state visit in Washington, D.C., which includes a South Lawn welcome, a state dinner, and an address to a joint session of Congress, an honor rarely granted to a visiting foreign leader. Modi will become just the third world leader after France's Emmanuel Macron and South Korea's Yoon Suk-yul to receive this kind of diplomatic reception from President Biden. As India takes center stage as the world's most populous country, one of the fastest growing economies, and a powerhouse for tech and innovation, the Biden administration hopes it can court the country as a crucial ally to counter China's growing influence in the Indo-Pacific region. The visit will strengthen our two countries' shared commitment to a free, open, prosperous, and secure Indo-Pacific and our shared resolve to elevate our strategic technology partnership, including in defense, the White House press secretary said in a statement. Visit the link in the show notes to read more about what to expect from the Prime Minister's visit. According to Al Jazeera, United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres has called on Israel to immediately cease all settlement activities in occupied Palestinian territory, describing Israel's plans to advance the building of Israeli settlements as driving tensions and violence and being a major obstacle to a lasting peace. The UN chief's comments come after five Palestinians were killed, including a 15-year-old boy, and more than 90 were wounded in the fiercest clashes in years which erupted when Israeli forces raided the Jenin refugee camp in the occupied West Bank on Monday. In the first such instance in almost 20 years, 
Israel sent helicopter gunships, which fired rockets at targets, in the Jenin camp, while Palestinian fighters fought for hours with small arms and explosive devices that disabled several Israeli military vehicles, trapping troops inside. Eight Israeli soldiers were wounded in the clashes that lasted nearly 10 hours, according to witnesses. In lighter news from the UPI, an Ohio woman said she has no plans to remove a nearly 10-foot-tall werewolf statue from her yard, despite a warning from the city. Mary Simmons of Dayton said she bought the 9.5-foot werewolf as a Halloween decoration last October and soon decided to leave it up all year. He's kind of become my house mascot, Simmons told WKEF-TV. I kind of look at it as a security thing. Who wants to break into a house with a nine and a half foot werewolf sitting outside of it? I know I wouldn't. Simmons has been dressing the wolf in various costumes to represent seasons and holidays. We're going to get a big Hawaiian shirt and maybe some sunglasses, she said. Simmons said neighbors have largely been welcoming of Phil's presence in her yard, but at least one resident sent an anonymous complaint to the city of Dayton, which issued Simmons a warning. City officials said they have no plans to further enforce the werewolf's removal at this time. Simmons says she plans to keep Phil in her yard, and she has taken measures to ensure his presence is safe for neighbors. If you have a strange but true story that you'd like to share, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. The story should come from a reputable news source and be verifiable. If we use the story, we'll include a shout-out to the person who sent it. That's all the news I have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or a correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief. If you'd like more in-depth analysis of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes and tune in to our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.